Boss Man Standing. I am your host and guide, Rainier Wild. Line them up by the mile. B-boy style. You make me want to shoot. Oh man, I never thought I would be caught singing those lyrics and I realize I did not sing them, but I said them. I said them. Man! Welcome back from my my vacation. I took a vacation from you all. It was an unplanned vacation. I did not schedule it with you. I did, I did in no way discuss this with you ahead of time. And some of you have expressed your uh, less than exuberant reaction as as my employers here in the manosphere. You have put your foot down. But here's the deal. It was a it was an FMLA situation. I put in my paperwork for it. You just didn't know about it, okay? I took it up with HR. We negotiated this. <laughs> oh man, no, actually, uh, and some of you may know this. I I made a post about it on social media. My my brother, mi hermano, and I don't mean my Ohana brother either. I mean my biological brother. Um, had an emergency uh, triple bypass open heart surgery. Fucking cut him open like a Viking blood eagle, except in reverse. You're like, what is a blood eagle? Go ahead and Google that shit. Go ahead. You're welcome. Yeah, like sawn through a whole chicken fryer, you know, cutting it in half. Which, by the way, don't get me started. I think it's awfully presumptuous that we call them chicken fryers, don't you? You know, like I'm going to fry that whole chicken. What about calling it a chicken baker, you know, a chicken roaster, chicken broiler? I could keep going. Very presumptuous. Anyway, yeah, they, um, they cut him open. Snip, snip, clip, clip, zip, zip. He's out. I, I, this is how it went down. Friday evening, he goes in for surgery. Tuesday morning, they discharge him. I see him the following Sunday. He's in an arcade, a video arcade at a party. We're surrounded by nieces and nephews. He's literally just strolling around. Doodly doo. My God, they've come a long way in medicine. It's not like the old days with, uh, <laughs> like a bucket of leeches or a cyanide pill. You choose. Well, we think there's something up with the blood. Let's give him the recommended doses of 20 leeches, you know? <laughs> no, they've. it's not like it's, you know, psychology where, well, we, th we think he's got a chemical disorder. Oh, really? Do you, do you have a test for that? A, a, a pH? A, some kind of swab even? No, we, we, we anecdotally observe it. Oh, really? How, how long did it take you to observe? We had a 15 to 45 minute diagnostic session. And, and because of the information we gleaned in that, that amount of time, we, we want to put him on the strongest chemicals known to man and just see how he fares. And <laughs> we'll change it if it goes wrong. <laughs> Oh my God! No, it's a science. That medicine shit is a science, not like those other crackpot uh, quackeries. No, I mean that's pretty amazing stuff. So, all hail modern medicine. I'm a believer. Go back, go back to to where whence you came, quackery. I am now a believer in the Western approach to medicine. 
pretty scary though. I gotta be honest. I uh, I was a little alarmed. Um, but but honestly, you were so great as listeners. You made it easy on me uh, when I when I expressed it, uh, what was going on. You reached out across the miles, across the uh, the terrain. You you came to my aid. Uh, you were really wonderful. I had to cancel on some of you. I had some podcasts lined up that uh, quickly became conflicts in schedule as I was uh, there for my brother. Um, and you understood, God, we've got the greatest listeners. Just so great. And I, I am hugely appreciative of you. Um, not all of you. Not all of you. I'm, I'm on to some of you. Some of you are hate listeners, you know, spite listeners. You're out there. You're like, I fucking hate this guy. I listen to every last minute just to hang on his every word to see if he's going to say something really asshole-ish. I know him. I know what he's about. I hate him. Listen to every episode. I hate him. Listen to it. Tell my friends to hate him, too. And they listen also. That's okay. That's okay. It rains on the just and the unjust, and I am a I am a, a rain cloud hanging over you, dropping equal condensation on the happy, pleasant listeners out there and the ones who are hate-mongering. Yeah, it's so interesting who we are really reaching as a podcast and as a website, as a, as, a, as a presence in the manosphere, right? Because you've got the, the pro bros on one side and then you have the yoga mats on the other or as, as noted author uh, David Dada would have said, you have your first stagers and your second stagers, you got your macho jerks and then you got your new age wimps and never the twain shall meet. And uh, it is so interesting addressing the, the men in the middle. And I, I've come to think of them as kind of the great beta bro masses. Now, hold on, hold on. Uh, this is not an insult. We're beta bros, right? I mean, <laughs> we're not the alpha dogs. We're not. But I tell you, we're always in flux. We're always, you know, like just moving one way or the other. Every beta bro is a, is a pro bro in training or a yoga mat in training. We're headed towards the bonobo masturbatory society or, or, or the, you know, the iron pumpers over here. It's, it's one or the other. And I, th I think that the great free agents in this are the beta bros. Besides, besides, I am almost 99% sure evolutionarily that our mutual common ancestors were in fact beta bros, right? I mean, just think about it. Uh, the, the enemy is out there, uh, whether it's the saber tooth lion or the mastodon herds or, or the other tribe coming to get us. And, you know, all the men of the tribe line up. They're all, you know, posturing there and fist pumping and you know, they've got their spear in hand and, and then the great leaders of the tribe, the alpha males, you'll charge, and, and, and they do. And then, you know, like three or four guys are like, well, they've got that covered. I'm, uh, I'm going to head back to the camp and uh, preside, preserve, and protect uh, what we got back there. Um, you know, the women and children need someone to, uh, 
you know, just cover the bases. Uh, and should their men not return, definitely need to um, to comfort them. And I am the guy. I, I really think that's how that went down. And hence, when the alpha males did not return, right, <laughs> the guys who were who were running the tribe next are, are the, totally the beta bros. This actually is is uh, fleshed out in science itself. That 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 is one thing that's interesting. They they've observed primates in other settings, and they have seen um, how the alpha in charge kind of he goes off and God bad omen bad omen right now fucking crows. A murder of crows. Just, can you hear them right now? Squawking, squawking. Anyway, you've got the uh, the 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 beta male, right? He's not the guy in charge, but he has survived. He survived by by kissing ass and and you know doing what he has to do to to keep up. Well, the alpha guy goes off, and here's what goes down: the beta chimp actually then impregnates <laughs> the females. The alpha comes back, his females are pregnant, and the beta is like, who, me? What? No, no. And he watches his children become the next alphas. This is fantastic. So we, we literally observe this. So it is, it is by no means demeaning to say that the great middle is the betas of the world. Uh, I, I just think there's way too much um, rigidity and fundamentalism in the extremes, right? I, I hear it. I hear it. Uh, whether it's left or right, masculine, feminine, pro-bro, bonobo, it just seems like people, they want to dig in. And it's just like the 17% on either side. It's not as if they have a overwhelming majority in any one standing, uh, but they are a vocal minority. And it leaves, you know, the great majority of us just exhausted, I think. Uh, I don't know if you, you relate at all, but I, I, that's who I'm talking to here. I'm talking to the exhausted middle. <laughs> the exhausted middle who actually wants to have a decent conversation, who, who wants to discover more about themselves. Um, you know, so much of our, our audience are um, householders, you know, and it's hard being a householder. No bones about it. Uh, what's a house? Well, you know, a householder. It's a, it's a person who raises kids, keeps a roof over their head, pays the bills, you know, lives with and probably for a partner, a spouse, maintains a job, generally speaking, sacrifices a hell of a lot to do those things. And I think the reason why it's hard, especially if you're a man, so most of the folks who are listening, um, is because, well, because of your penis envy. You get penis envy. That's the bottom line. <laughs> Let me explain. I, I remember sitting in a circle of men um, doing some work when we played an authenticity game called Letting My Dick Speak. Okay, I, I, I realize this sounds like a setup for a, a Judd Apatow movie, but it's not. Keep listening. At any rate, the idea behind this game was that we would personify this part of our body and let it have a voice. What would our cock say about us? It's an interesting question. Uh, essentially, if you're 
being honest, which is the whole point of the game, it would give you a wildly different picture of yourself, which is exactly what happened. And guys were going around and sharing as if, you know, Mr. Johnson was saying things like, oh, I don't get along with others, or I'm always in control, or I can't stand to be alone, or I'm a coward. It was really, really good stuff and pretty damn funny. And then a man says this as his penis, I'm envious. The honesty really hit me because I knew exactly what he meant. Almost a decade ago, when I was going through uh, my divorce, uh, and in general, allowing myself to do pretty much whatever I felt like, whenever I felt like it, I can recall my then still married and somewhat stodgier buddies kind of rolling their eyes as I was you know, recounting my locker room stories. And they would they would shake their heads, they would grimace, but occasionally there would be a moment of honesty when one or the other would say something like this, well, you can't just go around doing, you know, whatever you want. I mean, you've got responsibilities, which is totally true. I did have responsibilities. I had a job, I had school, I had kids. But beyond that, I felt pretty entitled and enabled. I, for one, could do mostly what I wanted to do. You know, it was actually my my buddy in that case that was feeling the pinch. They had the responsibilities. They couldn't go around doing those things that I was doing. And that was cause for envy. Because the truth is, they really wanted to. What most people don't get about men in North America who are primarily in their 30s and 40s is they aren't living the life they want to. They're living the life they should. It doesn't mean they aren't happy. It doesn't mean they want out. It just means things took a turn at some point. And, you know, I hear it all the time. As a, as a mentor to, to many men, I hear, well, we got married too young. We didn't know any better. I took the job straight out of college. The first kid we planned on, but the second was a total surprise. You know, uh, we moved out here to be close to her family. She didn't let me keep the, the car, the truck, the music equipment, the golf clubs, the female best friends. You know, when I lost the house in the bankruptcy, we had to move somewhere else. You, you've you heard those things, right? On and on. And it, it really is a feeling, I think, of being jostled and pushed and prodded towards a finish line that seems farther and farther away, but also less and less desirable. And I can recall hearing one of my close friend's description of himself um, in his first marriage, and he said I, 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 that he was miserable, but he didn't know it. And he was taking on more and more responsibility to pay the bills, to make it, getting home late from work, missing his kids, getting up early to go, missing them again. And what finally clued him in was looking at a at a wall full of family pictures and seeing the progression until the most recent and he was left with this sense of who the hell is that guy what's that shirt <laughs> i didn't even fucking buy that shirt for myself well, that smile is fake that isn't me i don't recognize that guy and and that was a wake up call right and i think it should be 
because many men in this stage of life will simply wake up one day realizing they are working a job they can't stand to pay bills they didn't rack up for kids they barely know and living with a wife they'd rather not have. But I'm not talking about being miserable. That's its own trip. What I'm talking about is envy. And this is my sharp right turn here, okay? If you're living that householder life and you don't want to be, get out. Seriously. If you're stuck in a marriage where you're constantly hitting a wall, finding that you're looking at more porn than looking at your partner, leaning over the water cooler, trying to flirt the new secretary, the cute waitress, if you're pushing pencils at a job that you're secretly plotting to get away from, if you're just counting the years until the kids can walk home from school by themselves or go off to college and leave the house, if you're doing that kind of thinking, get the hell out. It's better that you leave the spiritual path of householding than live in it half-ass, okay? That's my message. But if you do, you, you may just find out that there's just more of the same grass on the other side of the fence, okay? The grass being greener was just a fantasy. And then what do you have? Well, at some point, you're going to have to deal with reality, I think. The reality that your path, whatever it is, doesn't exist to make you happy, fulfilled, or leave you feeling breathlessly spinning, dizzy from the ecstasy of it all, known or or beloved like Oprah. The spiritual path exists to challenge you, to reduce you, to shatter your, your dualism your self-serving ego, whatever path you're on, that's the end goal. All the mystics agree, nothingness is the finish line and oddly the starting line of the real trip. So at, at this point, I want to say for those of you who get out, <laughs> I bear no judgments. I, I've done it. Honestly, I think for those of you who do, you are walking a, a well-worn, time-honored path, right? Buddha, Augustine, many others who have lived exemplary lives left it all behind. They realized they weren't being true to their journey. They, they weren't meant for the world of work and play and worry and owning a home and raising kids. They, they, weren't, they, they weren't for it. They were cut out for something else. And maybe that's you. My hope is that this is you. And if it is, you act. Move on it. Don't just keep making passive aggressive attempts while dragging out your ho-hum, dissatisfactory life back at the ranch. Have the courage to act on your conviction. Yesterday, I, I personally was struck with this thought. I had better damn well invest in this journey of family and home and partnering as my spiritual journey, if I'm going to be on it. It had better become the avatar for God, the mask that God wears, you know? Otherwise, I'm just dealing with fucking penis envy, trying to get a better woman, a bigger house, a nicer car, kids who listen to me, a, a new job, a dog that listens to me, a dog. would be nice. <sighs> out of my brothers in this world who are householders buckling under the pressure. Those of us in the exhausted middle, this is my challenge 
to you as well. Put up or shut up. Give this your all or get out. Not that it's going to be easy. Not that you have to become a stay-at-home dad. Not that you suddenly should be flitting around nesting every chance you get and making random runs to Ikea. It's crap. Okay? Be you. Do you. But know that householding is a spiritual discipline. Right? It's a path that will bring you into union with the divine and self and others. It can just as much as that super cool conference on digital mysticism that promises instant enlightenment or after 16 hours of massage and flashing dingleberries on the screen, whatever. Raising your kids with affection and intentionality is, is totally capable of producing just as much bliss as diving into that career or calling or relationship. Those things are possible if we choose them. And I think that that's ironic, right? Because most of us who find ourselves here as householders already have chosen it. We simply blame it on others. All the blame, right? The mommy did this to me story, or my wife put this on me, or society pushed me into this corner. And they're all an elaborate and inelegant excuse to not live with creative intentionality. There will always be things out of control. We will never be fully in charge of our own choices. We are certainly going to experience life as reactive. That's normal. It's part of living. What matters is that we live the life we have fully, deeply, with conviction. And honoring the apparent contradictions and paradoxes we find within ourselves is part of that life. That's keeping on. It's true in any path. It's true in mine. It's the way of the householder. Maybe that's your path. I get a lot of men who, who come to me and uh, they say, fuck, Rainier, I am, I'm beside myself. I, I, uh, I'm involved uh, in, in multiple relationships, parallel relationships going. And I love my wife, but, but I, I'm having such a good time over here. It's my way of releasing steam. It's my way of making sense to the world. Or someone else might say, hey, I, I just go to the strip club sometime. I, I, or, or, you know, I, I go out uh, hunting with my bros every weekend. Uh, that's what I do to relieve the pressure of home. It's just, it drives me down. Here's the deal. If you're escaping from your path over and over, I would challenge that it might not be your path. That or else you're not investing in your path in such a way as to make it sustainable, right? Happiness is an emotion telling us that something's going right. It's to reinforce literally that we're in the right direction. If we're constantly coming up with a, with a handful of sorrows, if it's just drudgery all the time, right? If you're, if you're keeping on seeking out parallel relationships or, or sedating yourself in any number of ways or, or uh, escaping to be with your bros all the time, it, it, might, it might actually be time to consider what the hell you're doing in the first place that got you here. 
I guarantee you that the person on the other end of this relationship that you're in might have the exact same experience. Yeah. So that'll be an interesting conversation for you. This is something that I find so interesting when interacting with the men who listen to this podcast, the men who connect with us on social media, the men who interact with on our website. Um, You're the exhausted middle. You're the beta bro. You're trying to find your home, right? I want to be more of a, of a macho guy. I want to be more of a man's man. Where's the dummy guide to becoming a man? Or, God, survival necessitates that I, I <laughs> eliminate some of my more masculine tendencies and, and take, a, take a dive towards being more of a, of a softer man. You know, I, I get it. What if there was a balanced middle? What if you could be yourself fully and deeply with intentionality? What if your biological impulses of aggression and assertion and achievement and action had a place to flow into? What if you had a tribe of men around you who were encouraging you, exhorting you, lifting you up, pushing you further, and in fact, actually challenging you because you didn't want to look stupid in front of them the next week, right? Good shame. Instead, we don't have that, right? We don't have reinforcement. And when we do have those kind of places, they tend to de-emphasize those soft skills of compassion, empathy, connection, networking, right? You know what the deal is? I want it all. (laughs) I want it all. One of my favorite poets, actually, opens a, a poem with that line. You see... I want a lot. I think that's okay, men. I think we have to become those kind of men who do not settle for less. Instead, we push ourselves to have a right and a left hand as we develop. To be the balanced men that we know we can be. Okay? So there's hope. The way of the householder, the exhausted metal... (laughs) Let's find new ways to invigorate our relationships, our family life, or find a new path. Go fucking be Augustine. Go be the Buddha. You know, sometimes I think about that. Sometimes I think like, geez, there's no like good interviews on Gautama Buddha's kids. <laughs> you know, what were they like? Geez, love, love his insights. But he didn't send child support checks for a while. So that sucks. <laughs> right? You'd probably be a villain today. I don't think we would ever ever have gotten that religion off the ground. Or, you know, there's that great story about Augustine who, uh, he, you know, he leaves his consort. He leaves the, the woman he had been with for years, has a child with, when he has his spiritual blinding revelation. He, he leaves that life behind, doesn't talk to her, totally ghosts her. And then she sees him on the street. I think I've shared this. It's always so funny to me. She sees him on the street and she says, Augustine, it is I. He looks at her and says the coldest line ever. He says, but Desiree, it is not I. (laughs) And, you know, like I, I remember hearing this story as like an exemplary detach 
detachment cut away from the old life story. But if you think about it, like he just fucking ghosted her. <laughs> so, hey, men, maybe if you're going to actually find a new path, do it with a little more compassion than that. Okay, maybe we'll talk about that in another podcast, how to act with more certainty than you feel and with more kindness than you might have. So, all right, that's probably our time today. I've got a few really good podcasts lined up for us. Um, A men's health and wellness and fitness expert is going to be coming our way. Uh, My good friend uh, and also a a life coach going to be talking to. I think I'm going to be talking to, to Coffee Maven Drew soon. Really hopeful about that. Uh, also, some of you have asked um, about our store and uh, what we're going to be selling there. You know, we've got some really cool things in the hopper coming um, soon for that. We did try and harvest some truth in some third world countries, unfortunately, with the regulations on truth being what they are here uh, in the United States, we, we actually couldn't uh, import them. They were too expensive. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I mean, I'm telling you, there's just so many different kinds of truth that we wanted to, to list. There was some partial truth, some, some circumstantial truth, uh, some relative truth. Uh, no absolute truth. We did try and go farming for that, um, but that is buried too deep. The sacrifices are too much. Very, very costly. Um, so uh, hopefully, hopefully they will deregulate that industry a little more so that we can bring you something really, really good, put that in our store, um, and uh, sell, you, sell you some good truth. Um, but uh, for now, you'll just, you'll just have to go on uh, abject lies. All right, man. Thanks so much for listening to us. This has been Last Man Standing. Take care and uh, watch out for that penis envy, okay? Bye-bye.